We do not have to give our children over just because they say so. We do not have to give our bodies over just because they say you're required to, or this is safe and effective and you can do it because we tell you to. We never have to give in just because they say so. We have the right to resist. We have a duty to repel the kingdom of darkness at every turn. Hey friends, Sean from Master GT Report. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was my friend, Nathan Reynolds, and he's absolutely right. It is our duty to repel the kingdom of darkness at every turn, especially when they're already inside the gates. Thanks for tuning in. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. The markets are all over the place and nobody's quite sure what to do. What are you doing to make sure your money is safe? Precious metals, gold and silver, have seen us through wars, depressions, and natural disasters for thousands of years. Now, always do your own diligence as there is no guarantee in any investment of any kind, but gold and silver might just be the answer right now. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today and claim your free three ounce silver American virtue coin. Yes, free. Call 877-646-5347 right now and safeguard your financial future against market volatility. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. The link is below. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. Sean from SGT Report here with my returning guest and friend, Nathan Reynolds, the website Snatched from the Flames, the book of the same title, Snatched from the Flames. Nathan, uh, I'm so glad you're back. I wanted to ask you today about our spirits. We live in a fallen world where literally so many of us are feeling a little bit chewed up and spit out. And uh, the Lord says, trust in the Lord thy God and he shall renew your spirit. And I wanna just ask you about that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. We're gonna dive right into the deep end and then I'm gonna share some uh, topical news, but uh, I think a lot of Christians are feeling really chewed up and spit out. And uh, my heart's been crying out to the Lord, actually. And uh, I've said in a couple of recent broadcasts that I'm feeling a calling by the Holy Spirit to double down on the enemies of humanity, because I think our time is coming. I think our time is at hand. And either way, we have to pick a side, don't we? We have to pick a side between good and evil. It's never been more clear. It's time to pick a side. You couldn't be more spot on with that, Sean. You know that and I think you're just, you're indicating something that so many people are feeling that just general relentless oppression. You know, the truth is we have been watching the things that we have valued throughout our lives, the morality, the, the very fabric of the nature of which so many of us took for granted for generations that we could live and practice our lives and raise our families and our children in the ways that we believed were right, in biblical convictions, in righteous convictions. And yet we're watching this ever-present darkness encroach upon those and peck away this Machiavellian approach of the ends justifying the means where we have these adversaries who are willing to do literally anything to go along, to get along, to compromise, to mutually promote monsters, to mutually edify and lift up psychopaths who promote other psychopaths who have mutually assured blackmail and destructive evidence on each other. And we're sitting here watching the things that we value be taken from us and stripped away from us. And especially now there's this overwhelming exhaustion from having that take on for years now, 
For years, we have watched them win in so many different arenas and destroy our lives, destroy our churches, destroy our homes, our education systems, our workplaces, our jobs, our securities, our retirements. We're watching them strip away all of these avenues of what we have held to be dear in our lives, and people are exhausted of it. And I, I'm really glad that you brought up Isaiah 40, 31. You know, I was diving into that after really thinking about how many people are experiencing that. My wife is experiencing that in bodily ailments. I know there's a lot of people who physically are being decimated from so many orchestrated designed features of the enemy in their medical system that's destroying people's health. You know, there's people that are weary from just physically being unwell for so long. This season, in the last few months, I've watched people go from one sickness to another sickness to another. And I'm talking about people that do their best to try to maintain their health and their welfare. And they're struggling to even overcome that reality. But I want to read that verse that you pulled up there a second ago. Isaiah 40, 31. I'm just going to back up a little bit here. He said, verse 29 it says he gives power to the faint and to those who have no might he increases strength even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall stumble and fall but those who wait on yahuwah renew their strength they raise up the wing like eagles they run and are not weary they walk and do not faint and there's these incredible passages later on in the scriptures that talk about why our hearts should not grow faint and why we can't lose sight of the ever-present goal. Like We have to turn back to our convictions because at the end of the day, that's the area that we cannot allow the enemy an iota of grounds. We cannot give grounds to the cowards, to those who have chosen compromise as their currency because certainly that is the, the currency of the kingdom of darkness. It is compromise and we cannot give up our convictions. We cannot lose ground in this fight because we are in a war of the ages. We are truly wrestling with immortals, this priest class behind the scenes who finance and fuel a spiritual force, a power force that's devouring people day and night. And you know what? They are living off that, that evil energy. But you know what? They can't shake people. They cannot move them off their convictions. And that is why they've gone to make their war with us. That is why they've gone so hard to censor the truth. That's why they are waging their war to destroy our outlets of communication and eliminate from us the ability to communicate with each other because we are supposed to spur each other on. We're supposed to pump each other up when we're feeling down. When you're feeling dejected, you know what? There's somebody else that's in the body that's got some chutzpah still, that's got some courage, that's got some momentum, and we need to borrow from each other an encouraging word. It says, raise up the weary with a word. And you know what? I just want to share with you guys a few words that I am diving into to try to seek that strength because I'm trying to analyze the, this the tactics of the enemy, because you know what? There's, a, I, I have a battle internally. I, I obviously come from, we've talked a lot about some of my past and there was a time when I really waged a war physically. I, I trained diligently with weapons, physical weapons, firearms and blades to try to fight back against these enemies, to fight back against these agents of evil because I was raised in their house. I saw their tactics. I saw their schemes. I saw the way they used mutual blackmail to destroy each other and to rule in people's lives. And I wanted a way to fight back against that. And in what I still wrestle with, is that the strategy that we should use? And I think the current events, if we take a poll of the nation right now, there's a lot of people who are standing on the precipice of wanting to turn to physical violence, 
to fight back against tyrants. And I understand that desire deeply. I have utilized that and sought to wage a war through those means before. But you know what? I'm sitting here having a conversation with my my wife, going over these onslaught of all the things that are taking place in our country and in the world. And that desire is still there in me, but I'm choosing to try to learn a different strategy. I'm trying to learn how to fight with more effective means, because at the end of the day, if we can't knock out the enemy's communication methods, his fuel sources, his transportation, methods, if you can't knock out all of those things simultaneously, we're outrun, we're outgunned, we're outfinanced, we're surrounded on all sides. We require deliverance. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we require an outside force, an outside agency of deliverance to come upon us, to aid us in this battle. Because the truth is, if we try to just pick up carnal weapons to fight this war, we are going to lose. We are going to lose because we're going to pray, fall into the hands of the enemy in a very strategic method to propagandize and weaponize all of our attacks to be their fuel for their fire to, to destroy us. And you know what? So we've got to turn back to these words of our convictions to know how to endure these things. And I want to go to 2 Corinthians 4 because there's there's a description in here of the tactics of the enemy that is so critical for us to be able to unmask the methods that the enemy is using to destroy us. And this is where we can turn to find that. Therefore, having this service, even as we received compassion, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the secret ways of shame, not walking in craftiness nor falsifying the word of Elohim, but by the manifestation of the truth, recommending ourselves to every human conscience in the sight of Elohim. And indeed, if our good news has been veiled, it has been veiled in those who are perishing, in whom the mighty one of this age, the God of this age, right? The great red dragon, Hasatan, the serpent of old, right? He has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that the enlightening of the good news of the esteem of the Messiah, who is in the likeness of Elohim, does not shine on them. That word blinded literally means he's blunted them. He has put scales over their eyes. These are the tactics that the enemy is using. That's why this information war is so imperative. They want to shut down our means of communicating the truth because that's how they can keep people blinded and blunted from receiving the truth. But you know what? The more effective we are at turning back to these things, we will not lose in that battle. We will not lose in this war because the truth is an absolute cure to the cancer and to the virus of fear. It inoculates people to the fear and it gives them boldness and it gives them courage so that they can get up on their feet again and continue to stand and fight and continue to wage this war through our belief and through our convictions and through exposing, like you said, Sean, you want to double down on exposing these deeds because we have to expose the works of darkness, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove and expose them. That is our duty. And by doing that, it will renew our strength. The Father will empower us to overcome these things. And those nets that they're trying to build up to draw us in, those pits that they've been digging, they will assuredly fall into them. You know, you're so spot on. And uh, Satan has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers, but uh, believers are having a hard time too because of stuff like this. I just want to play this clip. And, um, you know, I hesitate to do it. I will probably show the man being blown up, even though I shouldn't. But I need you to see this, man, because... The enemy has mainstreamed abominations of all kinds, right? War being at the top of the list. War is murder. And then we've got porn and we've got child trafficking with open borders. 85,000 immigrant kids vanished into the slave sex trade. 
and abortion. Again, murder. So God help us as you watch this. I won't sound up on it, but I want you to notice the drone coming in from camera right. And this soldier, I would assume this guy's in Ukraine. He's either Russian or Ukrainian. I would assume Ukrainian. Actually, to be honest with you, I would assume Russian. That's a Ukraine drone because only they would do something so dastardly. So murder is being mainstreamed. And the reason I show you that is because we have people like Mitch McConnell saying he doesn't see a downside to war in Ukraine because A, in his view, we're taking it to, quote unquote, our enemy, Vladimir Putin, and B, it's good for the economy. He literally just said that war is good for the economy. But the Bible says very clearly, thou shalt not kill. So how do Christians living in what we're told is the world's greatest nation reconcile this where war and abominations of murder have been mainstreamed and we're just supposed to accept that that's on Twitter. You can watch people being murdered all day long on Twitter. And I personally have a real problem with it. In fact, last night I broke down in absolute tears over a couple of different things. One of which was the video you just saw. It's horrifying. You know, I think on one side, Sean, you're, you're watching people be desensitized to their enemies. Like, and never before, even back when you go back to World War II and the Vietnam War and Korea, the, the, the news broadcasters were, they were censored in a very particular way to not show graphic, gruesome violence like that. Like you just showed people that were watching that. That's the, that's a reality. That's a living person. This is a human being, you know, who just was killed by a piece of technology that was remotely piloted to allow people to have this ability to be like, well, I didn't personally walk up to the, the guy and stab him in the throat. You know, so I don't feel the same guilt of killing, but you know what? There's a cost of killing. There always is. There always will be. You know what? The reason the father was like, you shall not murder is because when you go out and commit murder, you're, you're ending the life of another person because of the, um, by and far, because of the propaganda of agents of evil who are directing people who are fomenting a violent hatred to your enemy. You have to dehumanize the enemy. And that's like why somebody like Mitch McConnell can make a comment like that because he's putting himself in the position that the America on, on who we're saying we are fighting against this impure, these, these monsters, right? The bad guy, if it's Vladimir Putin today, or it was Osama bin Laden before that, or it was Saddam Hussein before that, or whatever agent of bad guys they wanted to put out there through this invisible war that we can't ever win against terrorism right or against communism as it was given to us generations ago and before that it was the nazis and before that it was the germans and the kaiser and before that it was the japanese it's like we've had this endless system that has been utilized weaponized through by and far the most effective tool the media this indoctrination campaign the extension of the arms of the elite to brainwash people wholesale so they will go out and commit murder on another person they'll go out and commit death and and demicide against their own people in in horrific ways but you're experiencing that sean you should grieve because we should grieve when we see the death of people it should bother us it should inherently help us to see this is not some bad guy these are people these are fathers these are children these are inscripted men by and far the vast majority of them. don't forget here you want to go through the dogs of war like these war machines where they're making all their money by selling all of these arms to the, the, the overseas nation through loans by and far, where we're giving them hundreds of billions of dollars in financial aid or military aid, but it's going back into the pocket books of the military industrial complex. And then by their justification, see, we're bolstering our economy. It's a very perverse way of just saying, instead of just outright admitting to the fact that we make money 
through the murder of many. That's the form that the United States has taken on, this corporate entity that we now live in, has chosen to make their money through profiteering off of bloodshed, off of violence, off of what you said before, the destruction of all the things that are pure and holy and innocent that we're supposed to to focus our minds upon. But when they can drive us into seeing these horrible atrocities, it destroys our hope. It destroys our future. And you know what? There's many of us who cannot lose sight of the fact that drafting to go to war, to get into these engagements is an inevitability. If we're going to go against somebody on the size of Russia or China, that will be the future for our youth. We're going to send our sons off to be murdered, to be killed off for the sake of another corporate entity, for another enterprise. Like a, a, one of the a greatest books that you can read, uh, War is a Racket by, by Smedley Butler, one of the highest, the highest awarded Marine in the history of the Marines up until modernity. Incredible war hero, right? Who went on to say that at the end of the day, at the end of his life, it's a short book. You can read it in a, in a pretty, in an hour, okay? He summarized what his life really became is that he was basically a hitman for hire, that the United States military, and he's writing back from like the, the early 1900s to the up into through World War II timeframe, talking about how the United States under corporate interests had used the United States military as a means of just going out and being a bully, going out and eradicating countries, being an emperor. Right, going out and taking over colonies for the the interests of fruit companies like the banana wars in in Central and South America, going in and and eradicating countries and governments, toppling governments, and then we saw the more subversive methods through the CIA in the seventies and eighties. But these subterfuge, these conspirators, have been around for millennia because they're following their methods of those agents of evil, of those spirits behind them, the fallen angels and the the dragon bloodlines and the dragon court that operates behind the scenes that finances and fuels and, and promotes this type of activity in order to bolster up an economy. And you know what? We can't stay ignorant of their methods. As long as we stay ignorant, we can get pulled into their levers. But the more we understand and identify the methods of the enemy, the less likely we are to be taken captive by them to do their desire. Spot on. And uh, war is a racket because all wars are bankers' wars. And uh, General Smedley Butler, there it is. he sounded the alarm on the business plot. And uh, what I'm sure you know, but maybe the entire audience doesn't realize, is that it was Prescott Bush, George Bush Sr.'s dad, who was involved in this business plot to try to overthrow the U.S. government with a Marxist purge. Now, this is on the record. Wealthy businessmen, including Prescott Bush and his banker buddies, they enlisted General Smedley Butler, uh, who then flipped on him and testified under oath that this was their plan, the business plot to overthrow the U.S. government in 1933. And thank God, because General Smedley Butler couldn't be bought, it failed. But you know what really concerns me, and that's the reason I started the way I did today, is because I'm really feeling beaten down by the fact that precious few politicians seem to be beyond purchase. Precious few, maybe Carrie Lake, Ron Paul, maybe Rand Paul. I pray Trump, but you know, I take heat every time I stand up for Trump. You know what's funny? I'm getting real sick and tired of it. There are people in the audience that have 401ks that because they are in S&P 500 funds, or maybe more specifically in specific stocks, they're benefiting from war through Lockheed Martin, mm -hmm. through Boeing, through General Dynamics, through General Motors. I don't own any of those stocks. I own some Bitcoin and I stand up for President Donald J. Trump. And you know what I take heat for in the comments every single day? 
anytime I say anything nice about Trump and anything positive I say about Bitcoin. Meanwhile, there are hypocrites listening right now, profiting from these wars. And uh, you know who else speaks out against it constantly is Catherine Austin Fitz. She says, hit the red button, but people won't hit the red button because what would the red button do? It would nuke their portfolio, but save our nation and save our republic. Mm. And people won't do it because they love the blood money. They love watching their portfolios go up in value. And I'm sick and tired of it, man. I'm so sick of lukewarm people who say they're Christians. Do you know, I just took an email from somebody. I got an email yesterday because I did a video on BitChute where there's no support for Bitcoin or crypto. And the name of the video was, it's time to talk about Bitcoin. And I brought a guy on who wanted to express his opinions on Bitcoin. And I took heat. I got an email from somebody who says, I'm not a Christian because I talked about Bitcoin. I mean, are you kidding me, man? Do we not have bigger fish to fry, Nathan? We assuredly do, you know. You got to remember anytime you start to talk about the true fit, like financial responsibility that people have, that they're actually accountable for the talents that they've been entrusted with. They're actually accountable for their, the money that they've made, the gold, the silver, whatever form of it that they've ever received as income over their life. And you know what? So many people have been convinced that they need to hand their responsibility off, their fiscal responsibilities off to portfolio managers, that we need to hand them over our accountability. At the end of the day, we'll all be held on one person's head. I'm accountable for everything that I have been entrusted with from the days of my youth till now. And so is every single person that's going to have to give an account for everything that they've been given in this life. And were they faithful with it or were they squanderers of it? Because at the end of the day, many people are held captive by fear, by fear that keeps them from ever taking financial ownership of that which they actually have. You know, we had a few friends when we were starting to really wake up to this and and come to a place of understanding about a lot of these methods back in 2012 and 2014, 15 and 16. And you know what? Some of my friends had a lot of wealth, a lot of assets, okay? Tied up in 401ks, in IRAs and all those kinds of things, tied up in the S&P 500. And you know what? We began to sit down and have a lot of conversations about what their wealth is actually being utilized in order to do. Are we actually contributors with the things that we've been entrusted? Are we the ones financing the very empire of evil that is endorsing the radical destruction of people's lives? And the answer for any of you who is tied up in those financial systems, who is endorsing those companies like Coca-Cola, if you're bought into Coca-Cola stock, understand the ways that they're weaponizing food and water and sports beverages to destroy people's lives, to get them hooked on drugs so that they're dependent upon these things. Like the Reynolds family that I come from, these people that are saturated in this methods of darkness, they purchased Nabisco foods. That's where they took their blood money. They took their blood money and they purchased the food industry because they understand that's the way to make their money and control the minds of men is through their diet to keep them sick and depressed and oppressed continually so that they're a good slave class. That's where they moved their financial capital into along with avionics and weaponry and other, other aspects. They began to purchase and buy into those arenas. And you know what? People that buy into the stocks, you're financing those industries. You might be thinking you're shrewd because you're making money, but you're playing into the subtle crafty tactics of the kingdom of darkness. And instead of using that money for the kingdom, instead of using that money to finance a, a, the remnant, 
the people that are resisting the enemy, the, the people that are tradesmen and skilled in arenas, like actual people in your neighborhood who are producing goods and services. We're saying, I don't have enough money to buy locally or buy and support somebody who's raising grass-fed cattle. I can't afford to eat that way. Meanwhile, they've got all of their funds tied up into that system, and they're incapable of actually doing anything about all of these things that are taking place, ravaging their lives, ravaging their health, devouring their children. They don't have any means to do that because they have. They bound themselves up in that system. But if they take financial ownership like my friends did, they literally they completely cashed in all of those systems. They took the penalties. They took the loss and were like, listen, we may never be able to collect on any of these things as it is. So they had a hard hit that year. But you know what? They will turn that into actual goods and services that supported the people around them directly. And they were able to prepare themselves for a lot of the situations of what was taking place. And they put the money in their control. So they were able to make purchasing decisions instead of some other guy who was financially benefited by keeping their money in that system. They're like, I don't want you to leave Edward Jones. Please don't go with that other advice. We need you here, right? There is a financial incentive for so many people, even at the churches that we go to. So many of you guys are going to a church and you're giving your tithe there. And it's not, I'm not trying to deride you for doing that, but understand if you're giving to a 501c3 charity only to have it whitewashed by the government and given back to you to take off of your taxes, that's not giving a sacrifice in the same way. Like King David literally was like, I'm not going to give a sacrifice that's not costly to me. Understand if you want to give a gift to somebody and make a donation into the kingdom of, of like the kingdom of those that are laboring for the kingdom, understand that sometimes it's going to be very costly. But you know what? You have an opportunity to do that outside of those very systems of money laundering and financing these empires of com of compromise, of people that are not actually willing to boldly speak the truth. And instead they are. They're whitewashing the truth. They're whitewashing the gospel. They're watering down the word so that it's universally accepted. They're following the great Catholic ideology of, of adopting a lot of paganistic ideologies, and they're embracing really what is Gnosticism and a thousand points of light, these things that have been put out there, and they're going along with a collective globalist agenda as opposed to being bold and courageous to resist tyrants, to resist the wicked and fight for the freedom of our people. That's what we were born to do, and that's what we need to take our resources and do every single day of our lives while we still have the opportunity to do so. Spot on, man. Bold and courageous to resist tyrants. Again, this is my angle today. Let me just show you this. Because the time has come to be bold and courageous and resist tyrants. And to some extent, we're seeing that from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I want to just read the first paragraph of his statement after this abominable Supreme Court ruling where Amy Coney Barrett and Rhino John Roberts sided with the gutless, soulless, treacherous liberals to say Texas does not have the right to protect its own borders. So the first paragraph from Greg Abbott reads this. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. And here's what uh, Charlie Kirk outlined. I want to read this part. James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president. 
who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. End quote. And I would add to that children. Hold the line, Texas. Are you following what's going on? Because I'm telling you what, man, this is a constitutional crisis. And uh, say what you want about Abbott. He's standing in the gap and he's being courageous to some extent, bold and courageous to resist that tyrant in Washington, D.C., Joe Biden and his criminal administration. Nathan, what say you? I think and by doing so, what you're seeing is the fruit that comes from people that are bold and courageous to resist. You're seeing it infect others. You're seeing it inspire others. Right now you're watching states all over the United States. Now, almost I believe it's almost half of the United States has agreed to follow that example. Right. And they're sitting there sending their National Guard to try to fortify the borders and resist this absolute illegal points of infiltration into the country. And you know what? That that is never something to be looked at lightly because right now we're sitting here on the precipice. And this is what I feel like of anything that I'm experiencing is watching what so many of us have wondered, how, what, what is it going to actually take for there to be somebody that rises up to stand against this evil? And you know what? We're, we're literally, we're sitting here on this election year and it's like all of that tension that so many people have felt for years is building to this crescendo and they're desperate to see somebody resist. And you know what? That is that starting point. We are sitting on the catalyst of what is in all likelihood a form of the civil war that so many people have been looking around and waiting for. And you know what? Our hopes that many of us had was that we could still see somebody within the political system who would resist that, who would not go along with this, because the truth is they are outnumbered. We, we don't know what it feels like to be in these positions. The truth is we don't know what it's like. What are these people actually, what does it feel like to have the imposition of the political mechanisms of the most powerful country in the world pushing down on you, lobbying against you, financially incentivizing ways of evil? Like this, this so much of this is rooted. If for those of you that are like wanting a better idea of why these people are willing to do so much evil and why they're willing to cover up so much evil is you have to understand they are they are in a religious sect they are in a cult they really are and there is an ideological pursuit that they have and they have sold themselves they have literally sworn secret oaths to bind themselves to the accomplishment of this goal to destroy the very fabric of the Christian message and gospel in every arena. And you know what? That stronghold of that resistance force has been here in the America. It has been here. And so that's why they're targeting this area. This is from a book. I'm going to read you guys. This is from the Genesis 6 conspiracy written by Gary Wayne. I cannot highly recommend it enough. For those of you that want to actually read from their own lips why these people are the way they are and what are their methods behind this madness that they're going with. This is from chapter 76 called A Thousand Points of Light. If you pay attention to the globalist allegory, you will often hear the phrase a thousand points of light. What is the implication of the seemingly innocuous poetic prose George Bush Sr. exploited in one of his many illuminated and encrypted speeches to the world? A thousand points of light is an arcane metaphor symbolizing the promised thousand year new age reign of enlightenment introduced by the end time religion and world government. It is also figurative language representing the spurious spark of the divine held within the spirits of mankind. The figurative spark has been disseminated throughout the world over the ages. Polytheists believe this spark is encoded in the DNA of a select elite. 
It can be released through a connection with the universal life force by uniting the world through a vibrating harmonic convergence. The spark of the divine cannot be ignited unless the people of the world unite under one government in what Gnostics believe to be their true religion. Once world unity is achieved, the age of enlightenment seeking Gnosis will begin. The spark of the divine will reunite, permitting the ascension of the initiated elite into godhood. Gnostics believe theirs is a knowledge religion. They believe Lucifer will release man's mind and restore it to perfection, and that the true application of knowledge is distinguishing good from evil. The intercession of the gods, these fallen angels, grants them gnosis, the seven sacred or liberal scientists, which guarantees the immortality of the soul. This, this is the ideology. This is the doctrines of demons that these people, our, our adversaries, really have bound themselves to. That is why this agenda, no matter how many times we see different politicians come and go through some of these offices, we see this agenda drive on. But you know what? There are those outliers. There are those people who go in with a sincerity, I believe many of them do, trying to not fall into that system. But they often are compromised, they are often coerced, and they are often pressed, whether it's through a vice or they find out their price, and they are bought away into that kingdom. And they go along with this collective agenda that destroys people. But you know what? As they see other men and women of conviction stand up and resist that, as they see them stand up and cast off those compromises and they say absolutely not here i stand i can do no other it will continue to reinforce to others that this is their time this is the hour that you stand up and you resist tyrants and you implore the god of heaven the creator yahuwah elohim that you call upon him to deliver us and you know what as those cries come up to him, he will hear us and he will answer us and he can give us victory in the spiritual realm where we cannot see and destroy our adversary's power source once and for all and give us victory that we assuredly are promised will come. False prophets. All right. Well, you mentioned one and I want to show him his thousand points of light, this false prophet, this bloodthirsty warmonger. This former head of the CIA, the director of the CIA who became president, whose father before him tried to implement a coup, a banker coup of the U.S. government in 1933. His dad, Prescott Bush. Here he is, the false prophet, talking about a thousand points of light. I've spoken of a thousand points of light of all the community organizations that are spread like stars throughout the nation doing good. Yeah, NGOs sent to destroy us. George Soros, Rothschild back, NGOs sent to destroy us from within. Have you heard the new talking point, by the way? So uh, Jonathan Greenblatt over here at the ADL, this is the new talking point. I don't know if you've heard it. I need to share it with you. Then I'll play this three second clip because it's a total lie. What he says in these three seconds is a total bald face lie. His new talking point, Nathan, is that any criticism of Zionism is a criticism of all Jews. And anybody who dares criticize Zionism is an anti-Semite. So here's the lie coming from Greenblatt at ADL. Listen to this. By the way, every Jewish person is a Zionist. By the way, every Jewish person is a Zionist. 100% false. Bald face, total lie. There are Orthodox Jews every single day who speak out against Rothschild Zionism. And I would like to just say one last thing, like that false prophet, George Bush Sr., definitely a Zionist, supported by the Rothschilds. Joe Biden has famously said, 
many times, you don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist, and I'm a proud Zionist. That dude from ADL is a bald face liar. Not all Jews are Zionists. Not all Jews are in the Rothschild camp of Zionism, and it needs to be called out for what it is, because these bloodthirsty Zionists, they want our sons and daughters to now go spill blood in God knows where, Yemen. If they could, they'd have a spilling blood of our sons and daughters in Gaza, man. It never ends with these people. No, and it cannot end with them the way they are, because at the end of the day, these are the people that we are warned about. This is it says the devil has been a murderer from the beginning. That's the inherent incessant. He, he is burning inside with madness. This is like part of the curse of what happened when he rebelled like Halel ben Shahar. We call him Lucifer. What he set in his mind was a fire to consume him. Literally, this is that false fire, that strange fire, that Gnostic fire that's burning inside him. And so when people go along with his agenda, they get consumed by it and they go mad with this. In 2 Corinthians 11, it says, for such are false emissaries, false apostles, deceptive workers masquerading as emissaries of Messiah and marvel not for Satan himself masquerades as a messenger of light. It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerades as servants of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. They are the practitioners of dualism. They are practicing this looking good on one side, but on the inward side of it, they are ravenous calling for the blood of others to be spilled continually. This is how we know them by their works. We can tell if they really are part of this Fabian socialist society when they're sheep's masquerading and truly they're inwardly ravenous wolves by their fruits we can identify them and by their fruits you can call them out for what it is specifically like you're talking about with these financial families the rothschilds who come from the orsinis the same black nobility that's been controlling empires of evil for generations these people are tied into this beast system and it is in their interests to profiteer off of taking territory and devouring the righteous everywhere they can. And when people get hooked into this, they are spiritually led away to their destruction, and then they become prophets of Baal. They're willing to go out and sit on their news speak and engineer a world war. That's what they're here to do because that's what's financially rewarding to them. That's the way they're coercing these people so that they can go along to get along. But if we are not ignorant of their schemes, we really have the means to expose them for what they are. We can shine a light on them. And it's the reality with these people is when you shine the light on them, they are like cockroaches and they will flee because the righteous flee. The righteous are as bold as lions, but the wicked flee when no one pursues them. And that's assuredly how these people actually are when they're truly confronted by people that are articulate and well-known. Like, even just for an example, the way that they've gone after Jordan Peterson in Canada, a guy who's gone out there very vehemently and art well-articulated at communicating the realities of situations. And they are literally stripping him of his clinical licensure and telling him if he wants it back, he has to go to a re-education camp. This is the way our society is trying to deal with somebody that's an outlier that sits there and bucks the system and goes against it. They literally want to take him to a concentration camp and re-educate him. Understand the insanity of the times that we are living in and the hilarity on one side of it, because you have to laugh at the level of extremes that they're willing to go through openly in order to try to get us back in line. But you know what? The only people that are trying to do that are the ones who are trying to school us, the ones that are trying to control us and coerce us. But you know what? We have been given this great gift of free will and we do not have to give we do not have to give our children over just because they say so we do not have to give our bodies over just because they say you're required to or this is safe and effective and you can do it because we tell you to we never have to give in 
just because they say so. We have the right to resist. We have a duty to repel the kingdom of darkness at every turn. 100%. And uh, before we part ways, I would ask you to lead us in a prayer for everybody listening who has not been deceived by Satan, who does have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. I want you to say a prayer for those people and for me, for everybody listening, so that we can be bold and courageous and continue to resist tyranny. Because I want to show you something. Our time has come, guys. The line is drawn in the sand, and it is right now. The Texas National Guard appears to be marching to the border to counter federal mandates coming from a criminal SCOTUS, at least as it pertains to John Roberts, a real turncoat, and our criminal federal corporate government in Washington, D.C. The time has come for us to be peaceful, yet resilient and firm and steadfast in our beliefs of the Constitution and the rule of law. Just because we have a Washington, D.C. corporate government that no longer is beholden to rule of law doesn't mean that we have to lose our nation. Our time is now, and uh, I'm coming back to you, Nathan, if you have any final words. I'd really like you to say a prayer for all of us to continue to be steadfast, bold, and courageous in the midst of so much tyranny. I'm going to, I'm just going to read for you first this chapter in Psalms, because like many of you, I was wrestling with a lot of these things that we're experiencing. And you know what? As we stand on this precipice, I don't think there's any more important thing that we can do than to remember this this sword that we have been given to to treasure and value this this weapon of our warfare and to equip ourselves with it. Now is the time to arm ourselves with the arsenal that we need in order to address this evil that is happening in our society and in our world. And understand there are prayers that are written in here from people who were experiencing similar pressures. They were being pressed down on every side, but they were not being crushed. They were being persecuted, and yet they were not being destroyed. And that's because they sought refuge in our Creator. They sought comfort from our Creator. And you know what? He empowered them with what they needed in order to overcome. So I want to first just turn to His Word and try to remember these words. And my prayer is from here right now. This is Psalms 9. I praise you, O Yahuwah, with all my heart. I declare all your wonders. I rejoice and exalt in you. I sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you executed my right and my cause. You sat on the throne judging in righteousness. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wrong. You have wiped out their name forever and ever. The enemy is no more, ruins everlasting, and you have uprooted the cities. Even the remembrance has perished. But Yahuwah abides forever. He is preparing his throne for judgment, and he judges the world in righteousness. He judges the people in straightness. And Yahuwah is a refuge for the crushed one, a refuge in time of distress. And those who know your name trust in you. For you have not forsaken those who seek you, O Yahuwah. So sing praises to Yahuwah who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples. For he remembers the seekers of bloodshed. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Show favor to me, O Yahuwah. See my affliction by those who hate me. You who lift me up from the gates of death so that I declare all your praise. In the gates of the daughter of Zion, I rejoice in your deliverance. The nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made. 
in the net which they hid. Their own foot is caught. Yahuwah has made himself known. He has done right ruling. The wrong is snared in the work of his own hands. Selah. The wrong return to Sheol, all the nations that forget Elohim. For the needy is not always forgotten, neither is the expectancy of the poor lost forever. So arise, O Yahuwah, do not let men prevail. Let the nations be judged before your face. Put them in fear, O Yahuwah. Let the nations know that they are but men, Selah. Father, we cry out to you in this hour, calling upon you as our fathers did before, as those who have been oppressed and persecuted and tormented. Father, our souls are vexed from seeing the wickedness in the nations around us, Father. And we are calling upon you in our hour of need and asking you to deliver us, to deliver us from the powers of darkness and give us the ability to see your deliverance draw near. We pray that you would please ransom us from the fears of men, the fears of failures, the fears of lack, the fears of people mocking us in the public persecution. We pray that you would deliver us from the cowardice heart that we have taken upon us. And please turn and Incline our, our, our hearts to fear your name. We pray that you would unite our hearts to fear your name, that we would no longer be a people that are scattered abroad with division and divisiveness, Father, but that you would unite in us a love for the truth and a hunger for the word, that we would be filled with the boldness and the courage to cast off the doubts and the despair and all of the devilish ways of this kingdom of darkness, and that we would instead flee from the wicked youths, the lusts of our youth, and that we would cling to the bold and courageous truths that are found in your word, and that you would give us wisdom to, to befuddle our adversaries, that you would give us tactics and methods to overcome the wicked in every way that they come against us. And Father, we pray that you would have mercy on us and forgive the sins that have empowered our enemies, forgive the sins that have empowered their curses. I pray that you would cause their spellcasters and their diviners and their sorcerers and sorceress to be confounded utterly that you would destroy their transportation methods, their communication methods, that no longer would they prosper in all their secret rituals, but that everything they've done in secret, Father, would be brought to the light and that you would allow everything they've spoken in secret to be shouted from the rooftops. May they no longer be able to work their iniquity force against us, but may you open the eyes of your people so they can see clearly what is taking place and choose wisely who they will serve. So free us from the spell of the wicked and give us courage to overcome the wiles of the wicked. In Yeshua's mighty name, we pray these things. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, brother. And uh, one more Bible verse from Isaiah. This is from chapter five. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. You might have something final to say about that for people like Joseph Robinette Biden, Justin Castro Trudeau, Emmanuel Macron, that Rothschild, literal Rothschild banker, the head of France, George Soros, Klaus Schwab. Woe unto them who call good evil. What's waiting for them, if not in this lifetime, in the next, Nathan? Isaiah 47, 9, this is what's waiting for them. Both of these come to you suddenly in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in completeness because of your many witchcrafts, for your numerous great potent spells, and you have trusted in your evil. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge have led you astray. And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is none but me. But evil shall come upon you, you not knowing from where it arises, and trouble fall upon you, you being unable to put it off. 
and ruin come upon you suddenly, which you know not. Stand now with your potent spells and your many witchcrafts in which you have labored from your youth. If so be, you are able to profit. If so be, you find strength, for you will have are exhausted by your many counsels. Let the astrologers, the stargazers, and those prognosticate by the new moon stand up and save you, for, save you from what is coming upon you. See, they shall be a stubble. Fire shall burn them. They do not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There is not a coal to be warmed by, nor a fire to sit before it. So they shall be to you with whom you have labored, your merchants from your youth. They shall wander, each one in his own way. There is none to save you. At the end of the day, they have no one to call upon them to save them. They do not have a rock with which they can hide themselves. There is no deep underground military base that's going to save them. No matter their, their practice drills and schemes that they think they can do to save themselves, they are going to be crying out to the very rocks to fall upon them, to hide them from the wrath of the one who is coming. Because assuredly, there is a great day of wrath coming for the wicked. And that is why we must continue to exhort people to turn from their wicked ways and to call upon the deliverer to save them while there is still time lest their works come upon them suddenly and they be destroyed for their actions love it god bless you man all right well guys sometimes i wear my heart on my sleeve and i've been struggling lately but the holy spirit is calling on me to double down on these people righteous indignation is filling my spirit not hate but righteous indignation to cry out for those that are being murdered by this death machine this economy, this war economy that Mitch McConnell says is so wonderful. He doesn't see a downside to any of it. My heart cries out for those children in Gaza, in Palestine, in Yemen, Ukraine, people being killed by drones in Ukraine. I mean, my God, my God, if we don't stand up for the children, at least who will we stand for? So that's where we're at in human history. But, uh, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and know that God has your back. God is on our side. And I wouldn't trade places with any of these billionaire, multimillionaire demon vipers for anything on earth. Because at the end of the day, when they lay in that bed at night, just like you and I do, they don't have God on their side and they know it. What a lonely, lonely place. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world only to lose his soul, Nathan? Fruit of their wickedness, though, Sean, at the end of the day. They're bound by it, you know, and they've chosen the, the love for the love of money. You know, yeah. it's there's the roots of all kinds of evil. I'm talking about mammon. Like there's a there's a spiritual force behind that that is so seductive and has drawn so many away. But you know what? That's why that's why there was an instruction in Luke 10, you know, or Luke 18, where he's warning that the rich man who thought he had everything. I'm not just talking about somebody who's got some wealth like an exceedingly wealthy person, like one of these billionaires who has the opportunity to take those means and drastically transform the entire landscape of a nation overnight. He's like, you need to sell everything you have and give to the poor. And then you can have treasure in heaven, right? Because he had, he lacked an area of his life. There was still a stronghold in his life that needed to be freed from. He needed to be freed from that so that he could cling to a life of purity and righteousness. That was what his desire was. And you know what? We hope for that. I, I desire, like you said, it's not, 
it's not anger and hatred against these people, but you know what? It is a righteous indignation when we see the wicked prospering. It's frustrating beyond all measures, but you know that some of them could turn in a moment. The Father can send them dreams in a night that trouble them and cause them to completely abandon their schemes and to turn and become an agent against this kingdom of darkness in a moment. And that's why we have to continue to impart and pray on their behalf to try to seek their deliverance from this because you know what? We need them to come out of that, to have those scales that have been placed over their eyes to be taken off once and for all so that they no longer be the agent of evil, the advocate of, of murder that they have been for this time. But you know what? That is why we have to call upon someone who can judge the wicked behind the scenes of these, these spiritual forces that are destroying so many. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I'd say, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, that split-tongued viper over at the ADL, that liar. And you know what those people think about us? They think we're naive because they're atheists or more likely Satanists. They believe we're naive when the opposite is absolutely the truth. They're godless, soulless, atheists, or worse, Satanists. And I can't think of anything more naive than worshiping the father of lies. Like, you want to talk about the wool being pulled over your eyes? These people are hopelessly lost. And the good news is, is they're waking up people. They're waking up people in droves. Even people who are previously atheists are now saying, wait a minute, there's something really bizarre going on in this world. That's what's going on in this world, spiritual warfare. And people like Greenblatt, he is not on the side of humanity. He's on the side against humanity. He's on the side of the Rothschilds, the bankers, and the warmongers. All right, brother, I'll give you the last word and tell people how they can find your excellent book, Snatched from the Flames, a signed copy. How do people get it? Yeah, they can go to snatchedfromtheflames.com. I've got an audiobook available there, an ebook, name your own price. And then if you'd like to get a signed copy, you can see that down below in uh, the places where you can order your copy there. I also have an entire audio recording of the scriptures because if anything that you can wash yourself with, it is the water of the word to find your identity, your purpose, and your calling like never before. There's so many people who have lost their identities in a world of confusion, you know. That is the enemy's camp, but you know what? The Father has clearly given us our identities in his word, and it's my hope that you guys would find that there. So uh, they can also find me on Rumble at the Linden Railroad, and uh, they can find all of my my videos there on snatchfromtheflames.com. So thank you guys so much. Sean, I appreciate having an opportunity to come here and be with you, and for those of you that are listening tonight, may you continue to live courageously every single day of your life, because the days may be evil, but you know what? You were born for such a time as this. Thank you all. God bless you, brother. All right. We'll talk to you again real soon. Take care. Friends, I want to thank you all for tuning in so very, very much from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for sticking with us in this one. You know, I'm not always sunshine and lollipops. And for that, I apologize. But, uh, you know, I think we're all feeling it at this point, especially when the Supreme Court, they don't even side with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, which is just so abundantly clear because I think they're being blackmailed. Some of those Supreme Court justices are definitely being blackmailed. What other conclusion can one draw? Friends, I'll remind you every single day for free, check us out for free for the antidote to corporate propaganda at sgtreport.com. That's it. That is the antidote to Mockingbird mainstream media and all of those Pentagon, DOD, CIA lies. May God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. And Prince Charles has a $2 trillion interest in Larry Fink's BlackRock that made its money from the mortgage interest rate cartel, which is also the Epstein ring. So you can see how all these things link together.